announcement today on two leading vaccine candidates. The two largest wildfires in Colorado history, with thousands forced to flee their homes. The alleged plot to assassinate Joe Biden thwarted. The 19-year-old arrested with an arsenal in his van, how close he got to Biden's home, and what else authorities say he was planning. Our NBC News exclusive, the jailhouse interview, the convicted leader of Nexium, described by federal prosecutors as a cult-like group that branded women and treated them as sex slaves. For the first time since his arrest, he's speaking out what he plans to tell the court when he's sentenced just days from now. And caught on body cam, the race to save the life of a baby boy. This is NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. Good evening. It was the last big mile marker in the 2020 race for president. The fact checkers tonight still sifting through the remains of last night's debate. An hour and a half toe-to-toe -to -toe exchange where both men came armed with well-rehearsed attack lines, pushing each other's buttons on themes they hope will supercharge and dominate the now 11-day sprint to the finish. And it's where we start with Jeff Bennett. High gear in the home stretch tonight. President Trump seizing on Joe Biden's pledge to replace fossil fuels with renewable energy. Joe Biden admitted that he wants to abolish the oil industry. That wasn't too good. Did you see him this morning? This morning, I didn't really mean that. Biden making the remarks near the end of last night's showdown. Would you close down the oil? By the way, I would transition from the oil industry, yes. Oh, I would transition. It is a big statement. That's a because big statement. I would stop. Why would you do that? Because the oil industry pollutes significantly. Oh. Comments that could be costly in battleground states that rely on the oil and gas industry. Biden clarifying after the debate. We're getting rid of the subsidies for fossil fuels, but we're not going to get rid of fossil fuels for a long time. Meantime, the former VP today focusing on the pandemic. The president still doesn't have a plan. He's given up. He's quit on you. After this moment on the debate stage. Anyone who's responsible for that many deaths should not remain as president of the United States of America. Last night's final face-off, moderated by NBC's Kristen Welker, a tamer, more traditional debate. The president positioning as an outsider. Why didn't he get it done? See, it's all talk, no action with these politicians. President Trump also attacking Biden over unsubstantiated claims related to his son Hunter Biden's business dealings. All of the emails, the emails, the horrible emails of the kind of money that you were raking in, you and your family. And Joe, you were vice president when some of this was happening. I have not taken a penny from any foreign source ever in my life. The Wall Street Journal now reporting that documents provided to the newspaper by Hunter Biden's former business partner show no role for the former VP. Both candidates making their pitch, though nearly 53 million Americans have already cast ballots. I ran because of you. I ran because of Barack Obama, because you did a poor job. If I thought you did a good job, I would have never run. You know his character. You know my character. You know our reputations for honor and telling the truth. President Trump holding two rallies in Florida tonight, a state considered key to his reelection. The Biden campaign keeping it competitive, with former President Obama set to campaign in Florida tomorrow. Lester. All right, Jeff Bennett tonight, thank you. And there's late word this evening that two COVID vaccine trials are safe to resume after being put on hold for safety concerns. And the country has set a new daily record, more than 77,000 new cases. Here's Miguel Almaguer.
As our country sets a new record for daily COVID cases, tonight a grim prediction from researchers. By the end of February, our national death toll could hit half a million. Today, 34 states, where mandates and restrictions vary widely, have already surpassed more than 1,000 deaths. What I would love to have seen was a little bit more uniformity uh, in what the states are doing so that you have a consistency. Today, amid the race for a vaccine, Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca, working with University of Oxford, announced they will resume stage three clinical trials after a safety pause. While we wait for a vaccine, a new forecast also says universal mask wearing would save 130,000 lives. Cities like Fargo are now implementing new mandates, but the Dakotas, which had among the lowest infection rates in the nation, now have the highest. In fact, the death toll in rural communities versus big cities is three times higher per capita. With an estimated one million Americans being tested every day, here in Los Angeles, the city is hoping to soon roll out at-home testing. Officer Alex Orango tested positive after responding to a house call. On Thursday, a funeral procession was held for the 27-year veteran and father. We're really pleading that there's a cure in the near future because enough is enough. But tonight, a vaccine remains out of reach as hundreds of Americans die every day. Miguel Almaguer, NBC News. This is Gabe Gutierrez in Madison, Wisconsin, where the COVID units at University Hospital keep growing. I'm very scared that if this doesn't stop soon, uh, we're going to end up with a much bigger problem. Dr. Katie Davinsky started working here this summer. It's much busier now. How much worse do you think this could get? I think, unfortunately, it could get really, really terrible. It's devastating. It's, it's terrifying to see someone struggling to breathe. You can see the fear in their eyes. You can see how scared they are. This unit has 28 beds. It reached that capacity not long ago. It's now down to 20 patients. This hospital is making plans for this winter as flu season takes hold. This is one of the hospital's three COVID units. It was once just one hallway. Now it's four. People are sitting in here very sick. Nurse Katie Lanaway knows the hardest part. They are lonely. They are dealing with this alone, and it's becoming increasingly harder for us to try to imagine playing all these different roles, playing the nurse, playing the support person is very difficult tonight just across town the big 10 conference kicks off its college football season no tailgating allowed but the badger game this evening does does worry us we have a very healthy culture of celebrating the badgers tailgating parties and if that happens this year with how much COVID is in our communities it is certain to cause a, a super spreader event a dire warning from those on the front lines over the last week here in Wisconsin, an average of 23% of those tested came back positive. Lester? All right, an eye-opening look for us, Gabe. Thank you. There's a determined battle in Colorado where two of the biggest wildfires in the state's history have driven thousands from their homes and could combine into a single massive inferno. Steve Patterson is there. Overnight, the colossal East Troublesome Fire, growing to over 170,000 acres, now the second largest fire in Colorado history. The flames forcing thousands to flee in panic, clogging county roads under blood-red skies. Your friends' homes are on fire, and you're watching it with your eyes. Evacuee Roddy Kimball grabbed what she could before racing away. That's probably the last time we would see our home. Kate Brown watched her house burn 
from her doorbell camera. It was horrific, absolutely horrific to watch. This was really the worst of the worst of the worst, because what happened is it came in so quick. Sheriff Brett Schroetland says the damage is vast, and they're not out of the woods yet. Big weather system coming in, what's the biggest challenge with that? The wind. Fire here and fire here, and we want to make sure that um, we keep everybody safe as that wind front comes through. Tonight, as the firefight continues in neighborhoods ravaged by flames, evacuees are left only with the hope they have a home to return to. Lester, the two largest wildfires in Colorado history are burning dangerously close, just miles apart. Thankfully, cooler temperatures are helping on both fronts, but with powerful winds moving in, that could change in a heartbeat. Lester? All right, Steve, thanks. Federal agents say a man from Washington state took steps toward plotting to kill Joe Biden this spring, but may have been more intent on carrying out some kind of a mass attack. Here's NBC's Pete Williams. Police near Charlotte, North Carolina, say when they checked out an abandoned van in this bank parking lot, they found guns and cash inside and discovered that the owner, 19-year-old Alexander Treisman, downloaded thousands of images of child pornography. But they say searches of his devices showed he bought a rifle last spring, got within four miles of Joe Biden's home in Delaware, and posted a meme online with this caption, Should I kill Joe Biden? Court documents say Treisman was obsessed with mass shootings, including the 2019 attack on mosques in New Zealand, that he wrote about shooting up a food court and had a video about hijacking a plane and flying it into a building, and drove to the site of the 2017 mass shooting in Las Vegas and recorded himself saying, that's where they did it. Nice. Many mass shooters are obsessed with events like Columbine, his acquisition of multiple firearms, his extensive travel, all indicate to me he was on a trajectory for mass murder. Treisman faces child pornography charges only and has pleaded not guilty, but federal law enforcement officials say they believe he was intent on carrying out some kind of mass shooting. Lester? All right, Pete Williams, thanks. Overseas, almost 70 people in Nigeria have been killed in protests against police brutality in recent days. Beyonce and other celebrities were among those supporting the protesters. Here's NBC's Bill Neely. In Africa's biggest city, the sound of a massacre. Peaceful protesters killed. They are shooting at us right now. In a brutal crackdown by security forces. It followed days of demonstrations against a notorious police unit accused of torture and murder. The protests spreading online around the world, from Beyonce calling it senseless brutality, to Rihanna, Idris Elba, and Nigerian sports stars turning on their government. You guys are ashamed to the world for killing your own citizens. Echoing American protests, their slogan is, Our Lives Matter. Their president, an ex-army general, pledges to reform the police. Many don't believe he'll do it. Nigeria is Africa's economic powerhouse. 200 million people. Tonight, both protesters and government are defiant. Dozens are dead. It's a tinderbox. Lester? All right, Bill Neely, thank you. Back home now to the tight race in Florida we've been following. Young Latinos will be a critical voting block there. Morgan Radford and Julio Vaquero now with the latest in our NBC News Telemundo collaboration. 24-year-old college student Ray Anthony is getting ready to cast his ballot. I'm voting for President Trump. He knows this year his vote is crucial. A record 32 million Latinos are eligible to vote this year. About 40% of them are young Latinos between 18 and 35. 
How many of you will vote for President Trump in this upcoming election? All of you. Nationwide, our polls show Biden leading among young Hispanics by 55 percentage points. But Ray and his friends say they've seen more young Latino voters turning to President Trump. Why the Republican Party? I believe that the Republican Party today is the best option we have. For Latinos, they don't want free stuff. We want freedom. Freedom, they say, from the regimes their families fled. 35-year-old Jessica Fernandez is the daughter of Cuban exiles. I'm so thankful that we have in President Donald Trump somebody who has stated on the record that America will never become a socialist country. The enthusiasm uh, is just through the roof. In 2016, we didn't really see that. Nearly every 30 seconds, a Latino in the U.S. turns 18 and becomes eligible to vote. Here in Florida, a state the president just narrowly won. Any shift in that new Latino voter population can tip the scales dramatically. That's right, Morgan, which is why Democrats here are working so hard to make sure their voters turn out like never before. Be an October voter instead that of That is exactly voter. what they're doing at Peace House in the heart of Miami. We met members of the Freedom Project, including Carolina Hidalgo. I'm voting with my life on the line, with my generation's life, and I'm voting for a livable future. The pandemic brought drastic changes to her life, from dropping out of college to taking care of her grandfather, who's also voting for Biden. I've learned how to connect with him in different ways and how to use our relationship for change and to connect with both of our generations in that way. Chris Colindres is another first-time voter looking for change. Your mother, undocumented. Your father, deported. His father was arrested on Christian's 10th birthday. A month later, he was sent to Honduras. Now, he's voting for Biden. He made a promise that he will help DACA recipients get um, citizenship. Will you be remembering your dad when you cast your ballot? Yes, I will. The moment I get the I voted sticker, it's going to be like a memory that I'll have that is going to stay for me probably until the day I die. A crucial vote for him in a crucial time for this country. Julio Vaqueiro, Noticias Telemundo, Miami. And next week I'll be talking with voters in the key battleground states of Nevada, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania in our special series, Across America. We'll take a break in just 60 seconds. Self-help group or dangerous cult? Our exclusive interview with the leader of Nexium just days before he's sentenced. I'm Greg, I'm 68 years old. I do motivational speaking in addition to the substitute teaching. I honestly feel that that's my calling to give back to younger people. I think most adults will start realizing that they don't recall things as quickly as they used to or they don't remember things as vividly uh, as they once did. I've been taking Prevagen for about three years now. People say to me periodically, man, you got a memory like an elephant. It's really, really helped me tremendously. Prevagen, healthier brain, better life. Frustrated that your clothes get damaged when you wash them and they just don't look the same? Well, now there's a solution with Downy Defy Damage. Downy Defy Damage protects your clothes from the stretching, fading, and fuzzing that happens throughout the wash process, all cycle long. Simply toss in detergent, add Defy beads, then toss in your clothes. And Downy Defy's unique formula conditions and protects fibers, so clothes stay looking newer, longer. Now you can protect your clothes, so they look newer longer with Downy Defy Damage. Now we're NBC News exclusive. Keith Ranieri, the leader of Nexium, described by federal prosecutors as cult-like, speaking out to Dateline from jail for the first time since his arrest. Stephanie Gosk on what he's now saying days before he's sentenced.
They called him Vanguard, the founder of Nexium, a shadowy self-help organization described by federal prosecutors as cult-like. Keith Ranieri has not spoken publicly since his arrest more than two years ago. But now, just days from being sentenced on federal charges, he is talking. You know, one of the things that's most important in our country is the justice system. And although, you know, people can hate me and do and think I'm an odious type of a character, you know, awful actually, um, they both, the devil and the saint, should be able to get the exact same treatment under our justice system. Today, Ranieri spoke with, of all people, the man who helped bring him down, web journalist Frank Parlato, a former Nexium spokesman. Parlato himself has pleaded not guilty to tax and other charges that originated from his Nexium involvement. You plan out 14 steps ahead. If you have seen the HBO docuseries The Vow, Parlato's name may ring a bell. Parlato broke the story that a group within Nexium was treating women as sex slaves and branding them with Ranieri's initials. Ranieri was convicted in 2019 of sex trafficking, forced labor conspiracy, and racketeering. Do you intend to um, uh, make a statement at, at your sentencing that you are innocent? Yes, I am innocent. And although it is, this is a horrible tragedy with many, many people being hurt, I think the main thrust of this has been the oppression, but really... Uh, a different issue which is hard for me to express there is a horrible injustice here and whether you think i'm the devil or not the justice process has to be examined but victims and their families don't want to hear from keith ranieri they say he tried to destroy women's lives really these young women without being aware were on this runaway roller coaster to hell and they were completely unaware and that's where keith ranieri was taking them like to hell Ranieri is now accusing federal prosecutors of misconduct, alleging evidence tampering. An NBC News producer took part in the Ranieri interview. I apologize for my participation in all of this, this pain and suffering. I've clearly participated. I've been the leader of the community. Ranieri could face life in prison when he's sentenced on Tuesday. A judge will consider impact statements from over 100 victims. Stephanie Gosk, NBC News, New York. And up next for our stores taking extreme measures to make holiday shopping safe. Here's to the doers. To all the people who realize they can do more with less asthma. Thanks to Dupixent, the add-on treatment for specific types of moderate to severe asthma. Dupixent isn't for sudden breathing problems. It can improve lung function.